At the end of Squid Game, the final episode, at least of this particular season, where the old man who, again, allegedly, don't mean to spoil anything for anybody, where the old man in his deathbed is telling the protagonist, the main character of the show, he says, what's the difference between someone who has absolutely no money and someone who has way too much of it? There's actually more similarities than differences. Now, what may those similarities be? Now, if you'll excuse me, I just wrote this down in my notes just to make sure that I formulate this correctly. They both get bored because they are essentially too far on either end of the spectrum financially. But again, let's apply this at a much larger scale. I apply the same mindset to disclosure in the sense that the ones with the knowledge are at the same playing field as the ones without any knowledge that are simply just hoaxers or people that are looking for the truth or, again, the truth relative to what they understand it to be. Why? Because both extreme ends of the spectrum have the answers in one form or another, and the ones in the middle are using logic to grasp for reasonable data relative to the human perception and understanding of reasonability. But just like Dr. Eric Davis said to Mr. Greenstreet off the record from that clip that leaked onto um, hashtag UFO uh, Twitter on Twitter, the stuff can't be quantified to the applicable metric of our laws. It's outside and beyond all of that. So you might be saying, okay, Dave, what are you trying to say there when you say that, you know, are you trying to say that, for example, because someone has loads of money and they can do anything they want and they eventually get bored, that it is same, it is the same to that of someone with absolutely no money because they're just bored every day. They don't, they're not working towards anything. They're not striving towards anything relative to the way in which our society has been formulated. And I would say there's a lot more similarities than differences. And that really stuck with me at the end there with Squid Game, because you know what? I got to be honest with you folks, sharing a little bit of a personal, I guess you could say experience with all of you. I've been, um, believe me, I am not financially wealthy by any means, but I've had it to the point where, you know, my bank account's in the negative, and I've had it obviously as well too where there's been quite a bit of, uh, of, 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 uh, of monies in there at one point in time when I was involved in the things I was involved in in the past. The members will know what I'm talking about. And you know what? I got to say, when you sit around all day and don't do anything and the money just comes in, it's the exact same as someone who doesn't even work for money relative to, again, not having any re responsibilities. And the reason I bring this example up is because let's apply that same method to that in which is what is occurring with the phenomenon, the esoteric level, and the nuts and bolts sort of phenomenon within the UFO paranormal community. I think it's much more bigger than that, but let's apply that for a second. You have people in the middle that are looking for reasonable explanations, but who is this ex what is this explanation reasonable too. You see what I'm saying? It is reasonable relative to the linear way of thinking in which we perceive things as humans, but what if we view things in a very different manner? And I say this because I'm not saying the hoaxer or the disinformation agent within the UFO community is just as powerful as the individual that is highly respected within the UFO community with all these credentials, but there is a form of emotional response that triggers that which equates someone who has no credibility in the UFO community, for example, relative to the, the financial example I just gave with Squid Game, and then the individual that has a boatload of credibility within the UFO community because both are conforming to that in which there is an emotional confirmation bias relative to the way in which we as individuals try to look at things neutrally and we don't even perceive that because the emotions have taken over to the point where it has overlaid our understanding in a fractal way of thinking. I know that might sound extremely confusing, but please, please bear with me and this will all make sense very shortly. So welcome to another episode of Let's Get Banned. Now today's episode is called Why UFO Conferences Matter. My take 
on Galen Windsor's uranium quote-unquote scam and the Fatima children. You might be saying, whoa, Dave, this is quite a, you know, a, a large stretch, if you will. And what I say to that is this. I would say it is a large stretch, but here's the thing. Let's start off very simply, okay, with Galen Windsor. This is Reddit.com, Galen Windsor, the nuclear scare scam. Former nuclear tech safety manager argues that depleted uranium is completely safe, more valuable than platinum, and nuclear waste in barrels is human bodies and other evidence. Now, with that being said, let's jump right over here to libertariannews.org. Man eats uranium, drinks and swims in reactor water, ignites plutonium in his bare hand. Apparently, radioactive material isn't as dangerous as the EPA made it out to be. Galen Windsor's a nuclear physicist of renown who, renowned who worked at and helped design nuclear power plants in Hanford, Oak Ridge, Morris, San Jose, Wilmington. Among his positions of expertise, he was in charge of measuring and controlling the nuclear fuel inventory and storage. Now, let's keep in mind, folks, that this is possible. Mr. Windsor is a controlled opposition disinformation agent, but I... Of, at least right now, I subscribe to the possibility of being against that perspective simply because I feel like controlled oppositions are given much more of a larger platform, but maybe not because, you know, you want to make it seem like this person is truly quote-unquote authentic, so you give them a lesser platform, but the way in which Mr. Windsor disseminated his beliefs, I, I, am, I am skeptical if he is controlled opposition. I do think he's authentic, but again, let's carry on. In the video, and I quote, you can watch Galen lick a pile of highly radioactive uranium off the palm of his hand and ignite a chunk of plutonium into a shower of flaming dust. The guy also drank reactor cooling pool water for fun and liked to go swimming in the pool to re relax. He also spiked the basement flooring of his own home with enough radioactive material to send any Geiger counter reading off the scale to disprove the fear-mongering surrounding radiation at the time. Or Raiden at the time. Galen surmises the regulations and fear-mongering that surround radioactive materials are in place to prevent the widespread adoption of nuclear power in local small-scale neighborhood or home-based reactors. Makes sense in pure theory when you think about it. Galen also points out that hot nuclear waste can be effectively turned into a safe power source through thermionic conversion, which is how the U.S. submarine navigation network was powered. The heat it gives off can also be used to safely heat homes. He points out that nuclear waste, quote-unquote waste, is worth roughly 10 million in 1986 dollars per ton if it were to be reprocessed to collect its useful isotopes so all of this talk about trying to bury it is a sham now before we go on I do want to mention it is significant to say that within the Project Beta document, the Alien War Plans document by Paul Benowitz, we do see here that there are different species using different types of propulsion, and one of those propulsions apparatuses are in fact nuclear. We see nowadays, relative to what's going on in the real world, major countries are saying, okay, it's time to go and focus on nuclear reactors rather than that of, you know, fossil fuels, things like this. Well, here's the thing though, ultimately, folks, it would make sense relative to the curation and the way in which he is Mr. Windsor is explaining this because we now see relative to to modern day news what's happening with these nuclear reactors now take a look at this right over here the waste, the quote-unquote waste could be stored above ground in already constructed building uh, meetings all buildings meeting all the regula regulatory requirements, excuse me, without the need to have these outrageous basalt mines dug into mountains. The only reason he can think of those, uh, can think of for these underground vaults is to hide bodies or evidence that the state doesn't want uncovered. At its core, he says federal government controls over nuclear material is about maintaining power and control over the masses through the denial of self-sufficient power sources. I would agree with him strongly in principle there. Obviously, if one had a personal-sized power source that was cheap and efficient, they wouldn't need to be connected to 
to the grid for anything. The power grid is the control grid our rulers use to keep us under their thumbs. He also says Three Mile Island was an intentionally created disaster and that a core meltdown could not melt its way deep into the earth, end quote. Now, again, understanding the control grid relative to the different kinds of grids. There's the esoteric control grids. We have the, again, the different frequentially oriented control grids at a much lower level of density, if you will, that seems to be curating a much more, um, I guess you could say, depraved agenda relative to the energy that is coming in and out of us. But here's what's equally as interesting as well, folks, that I did want to point out quite significantly. Take a look over here, folks, at, again, Mr. Galen Windsor, nuclear physicist, okay, who has the credentials to prove that he worked on many power plants. He then, he is highly respected, high credibility within the government. So when he comes out in pure theory, right, people should believe him. This is what I mean, going back to my example about eight, nine minutes ago at the beginning of this episode. Mr. Windsor is at the top of his community, respected, you know, again, he knows everything there is to know about, you know, uranium, all these different things because he's worked on them, right? Or plutonium, all the, all this kind of stuff. He's at the top. You then have someone who let's just say for example is a nobody at the bottom who then proposes the theory that the reason for all of these uraniums and all this stuff going into the mountains and, and uh, you know all of this type of I guess you could say um, uh, uh, mining within the mountains and all these different constructed buildings and all that are cover-ups for bodies because that person has no credentials you see what I'm saying all of a sudden people debunk them and say or and laugh at them say it's ridiculous you know what? In pure theory, with technicality, using the logic of our linear way of thinking, fair point. But then, when someone like Mr. Windsor, with all those credentials at the top, again, metaphorically at the top, with his credibility and knowledge, comes out, people, again, people immediately immediately say, well, he's disinformation agent, I think he's doing this just to get attention, yada, yada, yada. So where do you win? What you then have to do is, by default, you are then, uh, for those watching visually with my hands here, you are then forced to be put in the middle. You can't be uh, holding perspectives too close. When I say can't, I mean that's the generalization and standard of society. You can't be holding the views too close to that quote-unquote nobody who's just some guy in his mom's basement, you know, making stuff up, even though he may be accurate. Again, but then you also can't believe the guy with credibility. So where do you go? In between. In between, all right? Now, what do we have here in this metaphorical in between? We have people constantly just fighting, 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 and loads of infighting. And honestly, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you folks, this may be representative to that of some individuals on UFO Twitter. I'm not one to talk because, again, there's a lot of things you could criticize about me, and rightfully so. However, this is simply just what I see. No disrespect to anyone personally. The problem is... You're stuck in the middle and you always will be. Just like the example gave at the beginning of, with the Squid Game example. Why? Whether it's money, whether it's looking for the answers, you can't leave that middle ground. Why? Because you're not going to believe the guy at the top so, and you're not going to believe the guy at the bottom. So which way are you going to go? You see what I'm saying here, folks? So hopefully that explained that in an appropriate way. I'm not trying to, you know, confuse you guys, but hopefully that was a good explanation if you want to call it. Now, take a look at this right over here. This is physiciansforcivildefense.org. Here's the thing. I want to be completely honest with you. Mr. Galen Windsor has re received quite a bit of backlash simply because there are people that have been poisoned by radiation. And, you know, again, they, they would say to Mr. Windsor, so what do you say about this? What do you say about that? Well, there could be an explanation. This is where that example of, again, sort of the dumb guy in his mom's basement proposal comes from yours truly myself um in the sense of again what you have is potentially and this is just a proposal of mine this does not mean i am correct when we have people like Lou Elizondo coming out saying, oh my gosh, those are radiation burns from UFOs and things like that, presuming the disclosure agenda is following a narrative that is to keep the power structures of the human religious, economic, financial power structures in order, 
all right making money still monetary making the fiat currency even cryptos even you know crypto is a bit of an adjustment but still keeping that hierarchy there the big banks at the top and then us at the bottom so to speak again it would fit the narrative for people like Lou Elizondo to say in that GQ magazine interview those are radiation burns why because even if they're going to reveal aliens to a limited extent what they're going to have to do is still make radiation burns consistent with the narrative they presented so long ago. That's one side of it. Now, the other side of it is very simply, what do you say to people who have gotten blatant radiation burns, right? Now, again, Mr. Galen Windsor believes that, again, this, this, um, the radiation that's being emitted is, has been scaled up artificially. We could relate that to the energetic control grids that are keeping that sort of maintenance on a global scale, if you will. But again, that is the proposal that you take one person at the top with credibility mixed with someone like myself who has no scientific background or expertise in this field and you merge the two but then the problem is is that you have people in the middle attempting to debunk which is great to attempt to debunk to be healthy uh, healthily skeptical but then it goes from debunking to infighting and then that infighting just creates uh, ridicule at the top of that individual ridicule at the bottom in this example me so you never win the only people that win are the constant disinformation agents now let's take a look at this right over here howandwise.com alien implanted nanochips into human bodies and controlled them for decades one of the strangest october 7 2020 one of the strangest features in the case of alien abduction is when physical evidence remains on victims bodies roger crevern lear 1935 to 2014 was an american uh, podiatric surgeon and ufologist who had found alien implants while performing surgery on his patients. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to disrespect those that actually go out and do research, but calling yourself a ufologist, I mean, that's why I never like to call myself that whatsoever. I don't even like to get close to that word simply because ufologists could be anybody right now. I would say in my humble opinion, I would define ufologists as people like, for example, um, Jacques Vallée, uh, James Fox. Um, Honestly, I want to say Stephen Greer, but I feel like there's way too much grifting going on there. It's just my humble opinion. But anyways, again, as as I say, I agree principally with what he says, but there's just whatever. And let's carry on. According to Lear's findings, these implants were pieces of rare metals, strange writing, something that looked like electrodes or micro circuits. Most often they were found in the nose area, pushed very far, almost to the brain and in the limbs. Okay, Lear started his career as an orthopedic surgeon in California and initially had no interest in ufology, but gradually he found his interest in ufos and aliens and then became a member of the local branch of mufon mutual ufo network okay this is when it gets to the point where i where i mentioned that i believe that ufo conferences are significant and we'll see that very shortly but let's take a look however for many years it was just an exciting hobby for him and he did not mix this hobby with his work But in 1955, everything changed. That year, Lear attended a UFO event where he saw x-rays of a woman claiming to have been abducted by aliens. Lear, being a surgeon, found something abnormal in the photographs of a woman's body. He found several metal objects in the pictures at once and then told the woman that he could remove them from her body. Lear was driven by curiosity and he wanted to study these objects and understand what they could have been. Again, these photos have been quite popularized amongst many other photos that are consistent with some of the different shapes and compositions of these implants. Again, not saying they all came from the, come from the same species but let's carry on when he operated the victim he discovered that there were two tiny pieces of metal that consisted of aluminum and meteoric iron there were no scars on the sur- surface of the skin near the area where he pulled these objects out and there was not the slightest trace of inflammation in the connective tissue as if the woman's body did not consider these objects to be foreign bodies whatsoever now this is quite interesting as well because if i reference a new member of the show Treefort, brother thank you for actually somehow i don't know how this worked but on our zoom call last week as of the day i'm recording this you had said that these beings are working from the atomic level up 
I couldn't agree more. This seems to show that because think about it. If if this device, if you will, is aluminum or simply meteoric iron, simple as that, what's so special about it, right? But it's clearly an implant. It seems at the atomic level or maybe at the subatomic isotopic level, that is where the real quote-unquote magic happens where, again, the sort of formation of science and religion merge, and we'll get to that shortly. But let's take a look at this right over here. Uh, Lear operated about uh, about dozens of people, removing many different strange objects from their bodies. All implants were unique. Their shapes were not repeated. It seemed that the implants were made for each person individually. Some of them consisted of very rare elements. For example, one implant contained U-236, an isotope of uranium, and another contained iridium. And a whole group of implants were elements that were found only in meteorites. This is interesting again, end quote. Maybe it was not even uh, extraterrestrials that did this. Could have been the, uh, the alleged IC interplanetary corporate conglomerate pertaining to the mining that occurs on asteroids, meteoroids, the moon, Mars, you name it. Now, take a look at this. Sometimes implants were showing strange crystalline structures. Implants like carbon nanofibers or nanotubes covered with a very hard oily layer that prevented the body from ejecting them. Some implants were magnetic and some were said to emit obscure radio waves at the deep space frequency and continued to emit these signals even after being removed from the body, therefore corroborating the proposal of, again, what Shreveport said, I'm not going to take credit where it's not mine, about how they're working from the atomic level up rather than, again, how we would sort of say, okay, how can we jam, like humans would say, how can we jam this electrical um, apparatus into this small device on the surface, right? Therefore, it's inverted in a different regard. Now, this is when, okay, here we see some uh, some images where they're trying to literally remove the implants. We see some of the implants in the body. Again, how could this be explained? We don't know. Now, this is what's quite peculiar and interesting, too. Let's take a look at this right over here. Okay. Uh CatholicAmericanThinker.com UFOs, secret drones, holograms, and politically induced public panic. Now, before we get into this, all right, here's what we have to understand at least from my understanding relative to trying to create a, a, a more of a broader perception, if you will. When we take a look at the UFO community at large, okay, whether you're someone who just drops in from time to time to see what the UFO community on different websites or on Twitter, or on Reddit, or, you know, all Facebook, what they're looking into or not. The UFO community, by, I'm not trying to say that I have the answer. This is just a proposal of mine. They are viewing the power structure sep uh, in, in an inverted fashion because, uh, again, relative to, to that example of reasonability sort of not being reasonable because it's stuck in the middle between two levels of people or individuals or metrics that are used to scale and debunk but not prove because there's no option to allow proof because everyone's focused on infighting what you then have ultimately are people that are looking at things in a linear way relative to our perce perception of humanity yes but you see how the power structure is that of a pyramid and how the banks are at the top and the masses are at the bottom really it should be the other way around the masses control the banks the masses control the 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 the, the um the curation of our society and civilizations right therefore the ultimate view has already been inverted from that of those looking for raw data if you will because you are now relying essentially on governments that you trust but don't trust based on emotional confirmation bias to confirm yet not confirm something for you which then leads you where nowhere except for infighting do you see does that make sense folks and and we we know this because before i I'll, I'll get back to this in a second please excuse me but if we take a look here at the definition of consensus reality this was brought up with brandon from the expanding reality podcast some time ago we'll see here 
Again, and I quote, consensus reality is that which is generally agreed to be reality based on a consensus view. The appeal to consensus arises from the idea that humans do not fully understand or agree upon the nature of knowledge or ontology, often making it uncertain what is real, given the vast inconsistencies between individual subjectivities. We can, however, seek to obtain some form of consens consensus with others of what is real. We can use this consensus as a pragmatic guide, either on the assumption that it seems to approximate some kind of valid reality, or simply because it is more practical than perceived alternatives. Alternatives. Consensus reality, therefore, refers to the agreed-upon concepts of reality which people in the world or a culture or group believe are real or treat as real, usually based upon their common experiences they believe them to be. Anyone who does not agree with these is sometimes stated to be, in effect, living in a different world, end quote. All right, now... Again, here's what's interesting. It's mentioned here that children have sometimes been described or viewed as inexperienced with consensus reality. What if, again, it is not children being inexperienced, but again, their purity relative to the soul matrix of their, you know, frequential composition is so pure that they can see things that, you know, others simply cannot, which takes me to my sort of, you know, Fatima sort of Sister Lucy type uh, um, uh, topic here. With that being said, before we jump into that, let's jump right over here very quickly because I brought this up to Brandon and expanding reality in a question just for in a generalized way, which is that, if quantum suicide and immortality and different forms of, uh, you know, um, holographic substrates are, are legitimate, does that not therefore completely collapse the view of consensus reality? Because again, consensus reality means that, you know, you and I are both looking at the screen right now. You, you know, you and, you know, your wife, you and your husband, you and your kids right now are both in the same room watching me, Dave, as I'm recording, right? Okay, but what if your kid or your wife or your husband or your partner, whatever, doesn't see Dave right now? <clears throat> what if your partner or your kid or your family member or your friend that you're watching this with sees, you know, for example, a, a, a woman, a woman with a, with, a, with a blue shirt instead of a purple shirt on, right? Or, you know, instead of glasses, no glasses. But you're saying, what the hell? No, that's Dave. What are you talking about? Again, quantum suicide and immortality. Therefore, consensus reality would collapse. With that being said, the reason I bring this up is because we have to consider the possibility of there being a void within consensus reality relative to UFO events. Why do I say this? Well, MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, has a lot of members that, again, former veterans that, you know, uh, greatly respected individuals, whether, you know, on the high level of credibility or not, uh, relative to the exposure within the community. But they all know the government's hiding something. We have had very high-level uh, individuals within the intelligence community join MUFON networks. We can't help but think, again, could it be possible these individuals have been placed in there to sort of surveil? They say, you know, you never leave the companies, the CIAs, they call it. You never really truly leave, per se. Now... The reason I bring that up is because I do believe UFO conferences matter big time. I think, however, there's so much... Um, uh, I guess you could say, of a spotlight shone on these conferences these days that it's hard to tell uh, what's going on relative to there actually being aliens at these conferences. And I know as silly as it may sound, I do believe that there are aliens or ETs that are there far more often than we would think. Now, maybe they're not showing up as much in the last year or two because, you know, people all over the world have taken a much stronger interest. Therefore, it would be quite obvious if they were to expose themselves and they don't want that sort of immediate moment of just a one-off disclosure event. However, I could be very very wrong it may be the exact opposite but the reason i bring this up is because if we take a look at this right here humancolony.org hybrid child kioma and other children of nine stan and lisa romanek stan romanek some he's quite a controversial figure but we got to you know present this as we see it photo from the aztec ufo conference march 27th 2010 you see this girl right here she was sitting, if I'm not mistaken, at the front row or close to the row, saying that, if I'm not mistaken, Stan Romanek was her father. Uh, again, she's got this pendant. Now, here's what's interesting about this right over here. She only has three fingers, okay? 
and how do we know this? Her hands are being held together. Now, we will show some more uh, evidence for this shortly. Take a look at this. Stan Romanek shot this in his backyard, and then he found flowers over the door. Again, does not particularly look human per se. Okay, he then showed that he had flowers. This is a face right over here. Not sure if you guys could tell, but this is a face that is looking in and you have a stand right over there. Now, the reason I bring this up is because if we take a look at this document, oh, please excuse me one second, this document right over here, we're going to see. After researchers scrutinized this picture of who I believe is my hybrid daughter, Suri, the, Mr. Romanek wrote this, they realized she had only three fingers on each hand. You can also see the necklace everyone saw her wearing at the conference. I was confused. I didn't remember a necklace on the girl in the parking lot, and some people saw a girl without pigtails. As I sat there trying to understand what everyone was saying all at the same time, I felt a tug on my arm. Hi, Stan. My name is Linda, and I have something to tell you, she said with breathless anticipation. Come with me, please. It is very important. She gave me little choice as she began dragging me into a corner of the room as far away from other people as possible. Lisa stood directly in front of us, concealing us as we sat in the corner chairs behind our vendor table. I talked with one of the little girls, she said. She asked me to give you a message. What? Are you serious? That, I believe that's what Stan said. She unfolded the crumpled paper on which she had taken notes. It wasn't until I heard your presentation that any of this made any sense to me. I almost flipped out when you started talking about the hybrid girls and how they have been communicating with you. When you played their recordings, my heart nearly jumped out of my chest. The recorded voice reminded me of the voice of the girl who sat next to me. Her message was such a mystery to me. I almost threw it away. My heart was pounding when I realized that the girl who sat next to me was one of your girls and she was asking me to give this message to you. What did she say? Stan asked excitedly. She said she couldn't find her dad and asked me if I would do her a favor and leave her dad a message. I thought it was strange to leave a message for her dad with a total stranger and not give me his name or even a description of what he looked like. All I had in my purse to write on Sorry, all I had on my purse to write on was an old receipt. She said, tell Lisa my name is Suri or Siri and tell dad one boy's name is Nadu or Indu. She was talking so fast I had a hard time keeping up. She said, tell daddy that we are here. We are here to help Earth. We are living on Unak or Unk. It was hard for me to understand some of the words, so I wrote them like they sounded. When I asked her who her daddy was, she suddenly got up and left out the side door, end quote. Stunned by Linda's story and message, I felt a surge of excitement. I couldn't wait to get out of the room, away from all the people so I could tell Lisa of what had happened, and to take a closer look at the picture she had insisted I take. It suddenly all made sense. There were two girls that had come to visit. Little did I know that Lisa had interesting news for me as well, not only about seeing the boy, but about the Black Ops visit as well. Amazingly, this was the first time the general public had been involved in what had been, up to this time, only my and Lisa's personal encounters. As if, as if Katie had heard my thoughts, she announced that everyone had to immediately leave the building. We were all late for a private dinner party that had been set up for the speakers. I wanted to talk to both girls to engage them in a conversation to let them know how much I cared about them. I also wanted to tell them how much I appreciated that they had put their lives at risk to visit me. Now, this is interesting. I asked Linda if she would write an affidavit witness report for me. A few days later, she sent Lisa this email. Hello, Lisa. My name is Linda W. I am the woman at the Aztec UFO conference that got the message from the little girl. I have a friend that has asked to you on Facebook before. She found your email address for me. I was hoping that you could get this to your husband. I lost his business card as promised. Here's my witness report. I was definitely shaken up by the experience. Okay, end quote. Now, I apologize if some of you folks got bored during this or what have you, but let's take a look at these images one more, one last time again. That doesn't look, I mean, again, uh, not in a, in a judging kind of way, but I'll tell you right now, folks, that's not, to me at least, that's not human. Allegedly, these pendants also have the ability to sort of, in a way, um, a activate or access their ship amongst many other energetic abilities that 
communicate using a sort of energetic proxy telepathic way. Not saying that this pendant is solely the reliant factor here, but again, we have to consider all the different possibilities. Now, interestingly enough, again, it seems as though, look at how they can just blend right in. But you see, if you take a closer look, you'll notice a significant difference relative to the overall structure of this woman's, uh, this, this girl's form and structure. I bring this up because UFO conferences, again, here's the thing, going back to the example of high credibility and absolutely nothing and then being stuck in the middle. When people say, I need to have an alien put right in front of me, again, I'm not saying we should have confirmation bias applied here in, a, in an applicatory sense, but look at this. If this individual, if there was an individual, female, female looking, came up to you looking like this, all right, with a very, you know, slightly different structured face and all that, which again, we're not one to judge, but only with three fingers, what are you what are you to believe do you see what i'm saying here folks so again and if you don't believe that then at this point that just essentially means that again that's representative to these beings that humanity is simply not ready now you might be saying okay dave you are underlying the 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 a predisposition without even realizing because you want to believe these are aliens. And listen, I encourage you folks to call me out on this, which is what takes me to my next point pertaining to the Fatima children, which is interestingly enough. Speaking of which, I just want to mention HuffingtonPost.com, updated December 6, 2017. UFO conspiracy theorist Stan Romanek says child porn charges are government conspiracy. Again, here's the thing. We got to be vigilant. He seemed to have an obsession all leading back on record to 2010 pertaining to these different uh, ch uh, female children he claimed were his, that were, you know, aliens or hybrids at the very least. Could in fact be a government, uh, you know, a, a, a conspiracy, a slander job to say, look, he's a child rapist or he has child pornography. This is terrible. So again, it's not for me to say what is right and what is wrong relative to what these alleged crimes in which Mr. Romanek committed were, but let's take a look one last time before we go to the Fatima children of these alleged hybrid children in some cases. Some interesting similarities to that of the, the pictures we just looked at, aren't they? I mean, again, we've seen these photographs before. It's nothing new per se, but again, quite interesting. Now, this takes me to my next point, which is, again, the uh, Sister Lucy Truth or the Fatima children. Okay, so Let's take a look at this right over here. These are the three children, all right, uh, back in the year, to be specific, um, I could see here, I think it was 1917, yes, who claimed to have seen Fatima, again, manifestation of, you know, the Mother Mary relative to that of the Christian, uh, the Christian religion. So again, I want to be very clear here that I'm not trying to apply this to that of just the Christian belief. I'm speaking on not a religious level, an energetic level relative to a cover-up that is consistent with Galen Windsor's proposal, and you'll see why I say that. So let's take a look very basically wikipedia.org sister lucia lucia de jesus rosa dos santos uh, born march 1907 uh, uh, march 28th and died february 13 2005 also known as lucia of fatima and by her religious name sister maria lucia of jesus and of the immaculate heart was a portuguese catholic discalced um Carmelite nun, one of the three children, along with her cousins Francisco and Jacinta Marto, who claimed to have witnessed Marian apparitions in Fatima in 1917. Now, this is what gets quite interesting. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna, you know, call it that. Take a look at this right here, and I quote: "Her sufferings, Lucia, specifically Lucy, we're going to be focusing on. Her sufferings began immediately after the first apparition of the Virgin. She became the principal target of criticism on the part of her family and their friends to the point that she was greatly reluctant to return again to the Cova." Dalida or da Iria, um, for the appointment with Our Lady on the 13th of July. The parish priest of Fatima actually insinuated that she could be a little instrument of the devil. It was only at the insistence of the other seers that she overcame 
her fears and journeyed to the Kova as the Blessed Virgin had requested. Lucy's other great moment of suffering came when Our Lady told her that she would soon carry Francisco and Jacinta to heaven and inform her that she was to remain alone on earth to spread the devotion of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But the Virgin comforted her. My Immaculate Heart will be your refuge and the way which will lead you to God. End quote. Now, here's the thing. The proposal is, is that Lucia, or, you know, Sister Lucy, was murdered and replaced. Here's the thing about all of this. This could very well have been simply, again, this is just speculation. I'm not getting this from anywhere, but some type of energetic, interdimensional, extraterrestrial, holographic, again, uh, phenomenon relative to how Jacques Vallée believes that these beings are, at least some factions of them, are trying to teach us something, if you want to call it. So again, all about perception. These children saw Mary because their subconscious has been implanted with that of the whole Jesus, you know, Mother Mary, Christian, Catholic, religious faith and history relative to the power structure of the Vatican, which is totally fine. Nothing against that. But take a look at this right here. There's an entire website called sisterlucytruth.org, okay? And if we see here, alleged, there is proof to suggest, again, she describes, you know, the vision of hell, things like this. I'm not about, I'm not here to break down the, the sightings or the viewings or things like this, but look at this right over here. And I quote, no, I don't believe in, in, in them, but they're out there just the same, said the super, scient- uh, super sophisticated scientismist. Okay, and I quote, Tucker Carlson is getting all exercise these days over the latest rash of UFO sightings, particularly those recorded by U.S. military pilots. Now, take a look at this right over here. And then there are holograms, 3D holographic images that can be projected out into the sky on some kind of tiny dust particles. A hologram is an image that everyone who can see it from different vantage points sees it as if he were looking at a solid object from his angle of sight. Each observer sees it as if it were the same object from all angles of sight. If you walked around the image, you would see all sides of it as if you walked around it. Okay, now, interestingly enough, it's been proposed that this particular footage here would be that of a hologram. Now, again, could be, could be a human one at this point. There's so much conflation relative to the usage of holograms and things like this that ultimately what I'm saying here, folks, is that... It, it doesn't even matter. And I bring this back not because I'm saying that Sister Lucy or Sister Lucia saw an ET or interdimensional hologram. That's not what I'm trying to say at all here. What I'm trying to say is that it's interesting that Sister Lucia allegedly has been replaced, again, according to this website we see here, look, Anometrics Facial Analysis Report, um, Facial Math Measurements, Plastic Surgeon Report, Oral Surgeon Report. We see the cover-ups of the way in which this female girl may have been, again, it could have been a simple murder and then a repl- you know replace her with someone else over time and implant her with different memories because what she saw may have been a little bit too open or premature relative to the way human leaders wanted the power structure to continue. But we see the amount of, not proof, but evidence to suggest, again, the contradictions, the evidence, things, the third secret Okay, and we see there is enough evidence to suggest she was in fact replaced. Now you might be saying, Dave, why are you covering Sister Lucy compared to you know uh, Elon Musk, Joe Biden, where they say you know Joe Biden's been replaced and things like this? Well, folks, if I'm being completely honest with you, let's take a look back at the alien implant uh, story here that we were looking at earlier. Okay, pardon me, sorry, one second, it's just uh, gonna load back up here. We, there we go. Again, this is the problem I give at the beginning of the example. I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm saying let's just say Sister Lucy was replaced. Let's just say Galen Windsor was correct. Let's just say that there were actual um, extraterrestrials at that UFO event. Okay, let's just say these implants are in fact legitimate and they're not pranks or anything like this. Let's just say consensus reality could be debunked relative to that of the applicable form of, you know, using Occam's razor and things like this to apply in a logical sense. 
it, it still doesn't make a difference because again, the perception creates that of the manifestation of what will lead you to the conclusion in which you believe to be truth on your own. And I say this because again, I just listed for you people with highly respected credentials, people with, you know, some of the most, again, worked on some of the greatest things that they've ever done in their field, again, relative to their colleagues too. But who are you going to believe? You see what I'm saying here, folks? I hope this was not too confusing, and I'm not trying to leave this as a cliffhanger by ending it off with, well, who are you going to believe or something like this, right? But at the end of the day as well, too, when we take a look at the ways in which people with credentials come out, people with non-credentials who have the ability to um, ascertain the veracity of certain pieces of information without even knowing it themselves because, you know, it seems like at certain times, you know, energies are speaking through them, if you will. I don't want to expand too much, but... It comes to a point where, okay, we've shown you what we need to show you relative from the perspective of a paranormal being, an energetic being, or an extraterrestrial. At this point, what do you want from us? You want us to land our craft on, on the front lawn? You're still not, not going to believe that either. You see what I'm saying, folks? So again, with that being said, this is it, it's not something that I'm trying to say that I know is fact. I'm trying to say, let's work together to collectively increase our understanding of perception so that we know in the big picture of things what we can use as probable evidence to lead us to a conclusion that does not cause infighting. That just creates more infighting and then ego gets involved. With that being said, folks, thank you so very much. I did not mean to make it sound like I was trying to lecture any of you. If I did this episode, please forgive me, but we'll catch all of you very, very soon. Cheers.